0: Have you ever wondered how you can take something that is passion to you and turn it into a life coaching business where you train other entrepreneurs? Well, today we have a very special episode for you. I have my good friend and colleague, Kelly Schaefer, the founder of the Concierge Academy and the Concierge Life here with me, and you're going to learn all about what she does and how she chose her niche. (music) Welcome to the Niche Podcast, where we talk about everything related to your niche. It's all about your niche, your mindset, and having a business you love. I'm your host, mental health expert, Veronique Valancourt. Hello, my friends. I am so excited for you guys today. I have a very special guest, my good friend, Kelly Schaefer. She is the founder of the Concierge Academy, the author of The Concierge Life. She is a three-time bestseller author and she's a life coach. I wanted to bring her on today so that she could share with you not only what she does, but how she chose her niche and the route that she got there through. And I think you will really enjoy this because Kelly is a hoot. So Kelly, thank you for being on the call with me. I'm just so excited to have you here. Typically, the first question I ask folks is, tell me what your niche is and who you work with. And you'll do a better job than I can on that for sure. Tell me.
1: Hello, everyone. So my niche is concierges. It's a very fancy word. And to be honest, it probably took me two years to be able to pronounce it myself, even though I had a business in it. So that is my niche. And what I do is I help people who love to take care of others, build profitable businesses, basically running errands for other people. And we call ourselves the concierge industry. And I have been helping people for the past seven years go from zero to 100K in their businesses in less than two
0: years. Oh, that sounds amazing. I definitely need a concierge. We all need a concierge, it sounds like. So tell me a little bit about your background in terms of how you came up with choosing that as a niche. You actually train people to become Concierges in their own community. Is that correct? That is 100% correct. So, how did you figure out that that was what you were going to do? I think a lot of times what happens
1: is we try to figure it out and instead we just need to take the right next step and it will kind of reveal itself to us. So real quick, my background is in healthcare. I worked in healthcare for 21 years. I'm a registered nurse by trade and I worked, as I said, 21 years in healthcare. And at that time it was 2010 and I was being called to just do something else to do something more. And I really, honestly, at the time thought, I don't know how to be anything or do anything other than be a nurse and take care of people. Yes. I thought I only know how to take care of people. So what I ended up doing after some research and you know curiosity, I left my nursing job and started my own local concierge business. So basically I ran errands for busy people and for seniors in our local community. It was something I was good at. It was something I was natural at. I'm a people person and I ended up having this business. And within two years, I needed to expand and bring on my first part-time helper. And then within five years, I ended up going from a team of one, me, to eight employees. And since then, have made over a million dollars, literally running errands, cleaning out closets, and helping seniors age in place in their homes. So that is how I got started in the industry. And then several years ago, People were seeking me out who wanted to build businesses like mine. They are moms who their kids went off to high school and now they're like, now what do I do? Or they are women who have retired and they're like, I still want to be a value in the community. I want to help my community. So people started seeking me out, asking for the answers to how did you grow your business like this? We're trying and it's not working. Will you help me get clients? Which is how I ended up starting a coaching practice in addition to me running my own personal business.
0: So that's kind of how I got started. And since then, how long have you been doing that? And like, so you coach people on how to become concierges and get their business grown too. Six, seven figures, it sounds like, right? Yes. And I've been doing that. So
1: I kind of was doing it on the side a little bit since 2014 just a couple people would call me and I would have these little sessions with them and give them some help and support. What I realized though was one, they were all asking the same questions (laughs) and two, that I could really systematize what I was teaching them, especially like the grassroots stuff, like how to do a website and how to get your business started and your name and your business cards and the chamber of commerce and all these things that people were so confused about, which then developed into a group coaching program. And then it kind of just Evolved since then, and then it was twenty. I think it was November of 2017. It's been a while now that my book launched, The Concierge Life, where I had taken my seven years of experience to that point and bundled it all up with all of my marketing, all of my strategies, what worked, what doesn't work, and the mindset that you need to be successful. And I balled it up into a beautiful book and titled it The Concierge
0: life. Oh, that sounds so good. You said something interesting when we first started talking. You said, I was very good at taking care of other people, but I didn't know that I could do something else. I know that you probably realize you're helping other people now take care of other people, right? You get that. I do. Yes.
1: And what's so funny is it was a few years ago, I was setting like this big, huge goal for myself. And maybe some of your listeners have heard of the impossible goal. And before I ever heard the term, the impossible goal, somebody else said like, what is the big dream that you want to have and achieve before you leave this earth? And I said, I want to positively impact a million lives. Oh, yes. And at that time, I had no idea how I was going to do that. I was coaching, but not to the depth that I do today. And I thought, there's no way in a million years. <laughs> in heck. Yes, there are a million years. There's no way that I would ever be able to like take care of a million people in my local town. But I just kind of held that out there and believed that that was the mission and the mark that I wanted to leave on the earth. So when I started coaching and coaching more, and my book came out, I was like, Holy crap, this is how I'm gonna do it. This is literally how I'm gonna impact a million lives. Like every member of my program or student who comes through any of my programs, if they impact 50 lives, I was part of that ripple effect.
0: I got it. I love that. So it's like you set the goal, not knowing how you were going to get there. And then like little by little, the goal sort of presented itself. And then you got clarity that way. Absolutely. I love, I love, love, love that. So tell me the piece about when and how life coaching wove its way into this, because you could have just started the Concierge Academy without ever having trained as a life coach. How did that piece sort of pull in for you? So I had already had the Concierge Academy
1: coaching programs and my book all before I became a life coach, the life coach piece of it really came about. I'm not even going to lie. It was (laughs) self-serving. So I was like, okay, I know that I can achieve more. I know that I am getting in my own way. And I was also watching my students, those that had a better mindset would do better those that had a better mindset would make more money. Those that had a better mindset would just listen to what I tell them to do and they would go and do it because I know when they did, they would get the results that they ultimately wanted. And there was always a lot of mind drama that would get in their way. And so when the opportunity to become a life coach came about, I made a decision and I make decisions differently than probably most people do, but I made a decision from the place of, I didn't need this to become a better coach. I chose to do this solely for myself and through me becoming a better version of myself, that would make me a better coach. On the other side of that. Mm -hmm. So, I originally thought going into life coaching certification that I'm just going to become certified and use the tools on me. And then, if I can and I desire to, I will weave it into my concierge business, my concierge academy work. And that is what happened. And it became an easy, natural way to add that component into the business. And what's really funny is I just had a call with one of my members the other day, and I was asking her, what would you ideally love to see more of in the program? And where do you see the most value? And she said to me, the mindset work, the model, and the coaching around our own drama. She said, now, I probably would not have joined your program to learn life coaching skills or to learn how to deal with my head drama. She said, but having that is what has really empowered me. To do what I do. And so she started with me about a year ago, and she's made $75,000 already in her business just this year.
0: Oh, wow. And it's really about the mind work, the mindset, right? So you said two things the mindset work, and then a little while ago, you talked about the mind drama. For those of us who have coached for a while, we know that mind drama, and my specialty is niche drama, right? Working with coaches who can't figure out a niche. Our brain defaults to this, it's never going to work. This is going to be horrible. This is the wrong answer. And that brain drama gets in our way all the time. And it sounds like what you did is you took something very organically sort of developed, and then you noticed, well, God, mindset work really improves my students' abilities to make money. Cleaning up their brains and managing all that mind drama can really help them move forward. And I mean, ultimately, you know this probably as well as I do, and Kelly and I have been in a mastermind for over a year that just finished this summer. It's all about your brain and knowing that a lot of times your brain is going to default into drama, and that's okay. Like, you don't have to make that mean anything. It's interesting, your niche is actually taking those life coach skills that you learned and then applying them. Because your folks could go to another concierge type academy, but your special sauce is the fact that you can help them with the mindset work, which we all know is probably the most important piece, right? 100%. (laughs) And When you can show them that it's their thoughts that
1: are really getting in the way. And trust me, some of my students cling to those thoughts so hard. And I can appreciate it because sometimes I do too. A good coach gets coached. So I'm like, I totally get it. You do not want to let that thought go. You swear that it is real and it's running your
0: life, but there's a possibility here that it might not be. <laughs> you know, Right. So what are some of those thoughts? I'm curious. I love to see those thoughts and how they overlap in different industries? like I wonder if they're the same thing as what I see. So one of the big ones that actually happens, there are a few of them.
1: One of them is how funny that I'm on a podcast about choosing a niche. They have a lot of drama around choosing a niche.
0: (gasps) Oh my goodness. I couldn't have set this up better if I tried. I know.
1: (laughs) And uh, so they have a lot of drama around that because people, and I tell them all the time, it is the biggest mistake, honestly, that I made in the beginning, not choosing a niche. And I have a really great video on YouTube where I talk about why choosing a niche is so important. And it is because... If you don't have a niche, let's say you're like me. When I first started my business, I bounced around between like three different niches. I wanted to work with busy people. I wanted to work with moms and I wanted to work with seniors. The problem with trying to target, this is where the problem comes in, target the different niches is that where you are going to find the seniors is not where you're going to find the moms. And where you find the moms is not where you're going to find the busy professionals. So what happens is you're splitting your focus and your marketing efforts and your marketing dollars into three
0: big buckets. Absolutely. Yes. Right? I couldn't have scripted this better if I tried because this is what I tell my niching clients all the time. Yes. If you are trying to talk to everyone you will be talking to no one. And it's the same thing with your industry too. Yeah, exactly. And I did
1: it. I did it myself. And then I ended up in burnout because here I was. So for example, I have a local business, right? So I'm doing local grassroots marketing. I am networking. I'm going to networking events and connecting with people and having referral sources. The problem is that I was trying to do it for seniors and I was trying to do it for here. So I was overstretching myself and exhausting myself instead of just going and picking one and just going all in on that. You can choose to change it later, but pick one and go all in. And so that's one of the dramas that the people in my industry have all the time. Because they think that they're going to make money faster by going out. And I'm going to be a pet sitter and a concierge and personal assistants. Oh, and I'm going to be a party planner, organize closets. Oh, and I'm going to work for corporations too. Oh, and by the way, I've done teaching in the past. So I am going to also offer to tutor kids after school. I'm like, What?
0: Well, yeah, when you're trying to do all the things, you're doing kind of none of them. One of the things I talk about with my clients and I talk a lot about in my Dial Your Nation five hours course is when you're trying to do all these things, like you said, you're kind of speaking to no one. And we live in the society of customization where we want to go to Starbucks and get exactly what we want. You know, I want a half decaf latte with... Gooseberry milk and oat milk, and I don't want it sweetened. We have that expectation, not just when it comes to our coffee, but with everything. We want people that are experts. We want people that their messaging is really tight. We want to be spoken to. We have things like Netflix and Sirius Radio and our Facebook feed. Everyone has this expectation that things are going to be really tailored to exactly what they need. So when you go out and you are marketing, 50 different things, people are like, that's not me. I don't need a pet sitter and someone to tutor. I don't have kids. So that doesn't work. Or the person who wants a tutor for their kids is like, well, if that person's a pet sitter too, like they're not all in. They're not really serious. They're not really niched. We live in this world of wanting things to be really niche to us.
1: Yeah, we want to feel like we belong and that the person that we're working with is going to get me. Like this person gets me. A lot of our history actually leaves breadcrumbs of our niche. And I think that was partly why it was so hard for me because I was a mom. I am a mom. I'm a mom of four. So I got that. I was raised by my great great grandmother. So I worked in a nursing home. I was a manager in a nursing home for years. So I got seniors. I love seniors. But the money, quote unquote, is supposed to be in the corporations and the companies. So I wanted to be part of that. I delayed my own progress. And so, for example, just yesterday, I had a call with my students and we were talking about niching. And it's very interesting because one of the members of my program, she knew what she wanted to do. Her target that she wanted to work with were people who were going through hospice.
0: Oh, wow.
1: That's a niche. She wants to help people who are going through hospice and their families. She wants to help them navigate the system, the paperwork, and the support. So you think concierge and running errands, but this is a very specific niche that she wanted to target. And she... Got scared, got confused, started taking on different clients, started doing work that she didn't really love, started organizing paperwork. She hates organizing paperwork, was taking on some (laughs) business clients,
0: hates working with the business clients. And where are we? Right back to where her passion was. Right. Because the first thing that happens when you pick a niche, there's a moment where there's a sense of relief and then your brain freaks out and goes, it'll never work. I better not try that. And that's our brain defaulting to keeping us safe, having us not fail and not expend too much energy. Like I always tell my niche coaching clients, like, yeah, niche drama is the first one, the first hurdle you'll go over. Then it'll be What kind of website should I use? What should my brand colors be? Where should I market? What should my package be? What should my pricing be? It's just one hurdle. And the consistent thing, as you said earlier, is mindset and managing your brain drama. That's all that you have to be doing to be able to handle that. Our brain is always going to default to telling us that things don't work. And that is okay. That is not a problem. It's when we believe that it's a problem. And that's where coaching, I think, really comes in. Kelly, you can speak to this too, is like coaching really is valuable because when you're being coached, someone can hold up the mirror for you and show you everything is going to be okay. This is normal. There's not a fire. There's not bears at the door. There's not an earthquake coming. If you choose a specific niche, mm-hmm. yep, it's safe and it's okay. And that's the power of coaching. We all need that. And as a nurse, when you were a nurse, probably that's what your patients need. I know that as a psychotherapist, that's what my clients need. We need that's what we need as humans, right? Is just being told it's going to be okay. This is going to work out. You got this just because your brain is scared about something doesn't mean that it's the end of the world. Please, still trudge forth. I love the fact that even in your industry with people who are not necessarily life coaches that are concierges, that they struggle with niche drama. And I was talking to a friend the other day who is a personal organizer, and she was saying that it's the same thing with uh, personal organizers. Like, the more you can niche down, the easier it is for people to find you. I love seeing in different industries, not just in life coaching, why that's so important. What do you have to say about that in terms of like, what other reasons do you tell your folks who want to become concierges that they need to niche down? What other little tidbits do you give them? You know,
1: you just said something too about your organizer. So I have organizers in our academy as well. And it's so true, right? Because it's like you get tighter, tighter, tighter down. You become the expert in that thing. Yes. You are the expert beyond the expert. So for example, if you have a very specific eye surgery that you need to have, you're not looking for the general, surgeon to do your eye surgery. Heck no. No. And if you have a specific eye surgery that you need that is on like the cornea, you're not going to hire a general eye surgeon. You're going to hire someone who is an eye surgeon who is experienced and specializes in corneal damage. So of course you be the expert. So that's the one thing. And then the other really important thing to this is that you were talking about niche drama is the first drama. And I completely agree. Niche drama is the first drama, but if you just get through that first, it makes all the other dramas, honest to God, easier. Mm-hmm. Because when you choose a niche, you will know how to talk to them differently. You will know how to market to them. You will know the words to use for them. You will know if they are a right fit or a wrong fit for you. You will know how to price your services. You will know the services that they need. There's this belief of having like a domino goal or a domino thought, like what is the one goal, the one thought, the one thing that you can do right now that basically knocks everything else down. And dialing in on your niche does exactly that. Because once you dial that in, then boom, it makes everything else a little bit easier. A little bit easier.
0: Yep. And if you think about just marketing in general, right, there's those of us who like to shop at Target. That's one type of branding and messaging. There's the people who like to go to Walmart. There's the people who like to go to Costco. There's the people who like to, I don't know, go to Whole Foods, like, Every place we go to purchase things, we want to be spoken to. Like we look at what our identity is, and then we find out in the world who reflects that identity back to me. And it's the same thing with any industry, like you said, like I had surgery over the summer. I think you knew about this. I had surgery over the summer for endometriosis. Well I gotta tell you, I went to see the top endometriosis person in Houston. And I was like that I am going to go see the person who knows exactly about that. And so it's the same thing in all the different industries. Like we live in a niched world. We live in a world where like, if you've got Sirius XM on your radio, you've got 300 channels and you're going to listen to the one that speaks to you.
1: Yes. And there's one other thing I also teach in my program when we're talking about choosing a niche, right? It's like, let's be realistic about it too. It's like, how many clients do you really need? You know? So I think when we start business, I did the same thing too. So let's say you have a goal of making $100,000. So you don't need, I don't know the population of the planet right now. I don't know, is it like 14 <laughs> trillion or God even knows? Uh, we could just
0: make up a we'll number. Make up a number I, yeah, and it's going to be
1: 100% wrong. So 14 trillion, 40 trillion people. And you start your niche there. It's like you don't need 14 trillion humans to make $100,000 a year. So you probably need, depending on what you're charging, 10, 20. Mm -hmm. So it's easier to find 20 people of a specific type or niche Mm -hmm. than to try to find 20 people in a sea of 5,000 people in your marketing.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And that part's fun because that part, if you just think about this, and I know you and I have been taught about this and we've talked about this on other mastermind coaching calls is it's just math there's no drama. Our brain wants to default to drama. Numbers are not, there's no drama in math. It is what it is. And so when you're looking for your clients, it's just a matter of sitting down and running the numbers and saying, this is how much I need. And then again, going back to mindset and mind drama, like what kind of mindset do you want to have about that? Because if you're going to have a lot of mind drama about it, It's almost like, you know, you're carrying a heavy boulder with you to try to figure it out. And that's the part where I think mindset work is so useful and so helpful because, like you said, if you can knock some of the stuff out of the way and just have a really clear course, we typically are our worst enemies in terms of our thinking, I think. I mean, we all have to clean our brains up on a daily basis, it's like brushing your teeth. Yeah. Yeah. You agree? Yeah. Sometimes on an <laughs> hourly
1: basis, especially when you're doing big things. When you're doing big things that are completely out of the norm for you, you're gonna have to clean that crap out like every hour. Yep. Literally. Some days, like I'm, you know, if I'm in a launch, I have to clean that out every hour. If I'm not in a launch, maybe once a day. Who knows? Maybe every three days. But if I'm in a launch,
0: I'm like, oh, here we go again, right? Like, it's part of it. It's part of it. But it's also, I think, as a coach, when you are coaching other people, and the more your brain defaults to drama, then you can go, oh, yeah, there it is. There's Chicken Little. I know that one. How predictive is Chicken Little in these things? Like, no. I mean, I left myself, even as a therapist, having a small therapy practice, I still have mornings 25 years into being a therapist where I wake up and I'm like, okay, whose idea was it to give people advice and ask them to pay you for it? This is not a good idea. And I know that my brain's going to default to that drama and I get to decide if I'm going to listen to it or not. And if I'm going to believe it or not. And if it's there, it's okay. And it's the same thing with, you do lots of launches. Kelly, for those of you guys who don't know Kelly, she is very detail-oriented. Like, she is a, I'm just going to say, an incredible organizer of all details. Like, she, I don't know that I can put it quite into words, but she's a heavy hitter. Like, she could run a 100 people's households probably And then some
1: probably, but what's funny is as I've evolved in my business, that's no longer where I want to be. Right. So that is part of the beauty of just taking the next step too, and moving forward. The more we say yes to our inner guidance also, the more the next right steps just appear. So even though I could run a hundred households at this point in my career, in my life, I have no desire to run a hundred (laughs) households. But I I might run 20 launches in a year because, I mean, marketing, (laughs) I have become a marketing
0: nut. I love it. I think you're a marketing ninja. That too. (laughs) You are a marketing ninja for sure. It's like
1: when you figure out your niche you will be able to provide so many different things to them. So that is what I love about marketing. Marketing is the tool. It's just a tool that we use to attract like-minded people to us. And so having a niche has allowed me to write a book, The Concierge Life, and it sells. It has allowed me to have a YouTube channel that shares resources and how to get started in the industry and all the things. It's helped me create courses, coaching programs, starter kits, freebies, all the things. I do challenges. I do summits. I have webinars. You name it, I have probably done it. But I would not have been able to do all those things Like we started this conversation. If I was trying to target three different audiences at once, I would have probably had a coronary by now (laughs) and been like on my couch eating pints of ice cream, drooling on myself at this point. If I tried to do all of those things for all of the people. I feel like that's really valuable for people to hear too. Like, cause I know most people and I know life coaches want to be of service. And if you look at the life coaches that are the most successful, they have a niche and it's like dialed down to one thing. Mm -hmm. It's dialed down to one thing. It doesn't necessarily mean that the services you provide on the back end all have to be exactly the same, but the person and their needs are traditionally the same.
0: Yes, and they are very clear about it, and they're very clear about their messaging, and they're very clear about who they serve. Absolutely. Oh, my God, such a treat to get to interview you today. and. Kelly, we will have to do another one of these podcasts again. So Kelly does all the things and she is incredible. Go check her out. Tell them where they can find you.
1: Yes. So my website is theconciergeacademy.com. There's
0: some resources
1: on there. If anybody's interested in what becoming a concierge is even all about, or if you know someone, you've got a sister or a friend who quote unquote, always wanted to start this business because that's what I hear a lot. They can get information there. And then my YouTube channel really has a lot of free content that answers a lot of the questions getting started. Also the concierge Academy.
0: Then you can check her out on uh, Amazon. Yeah. The concierge life, the book. Yes. Well, thank you for being here today. This is such a great conversation for my niche folks. Like I said, I couldn't have scripted this better if I had tried.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I came here
0: completely open to just have a conversation and look where it led us. Well, thank you. Thanks so much. And if you're interested in learning more about how to get really niched and really dialed in your life coaching or entrepreneur business, come check out my course, Dial Your Niche in Five Hours. It has all the goodness of getting a niche dialed with content like today. Have a great one, my friends. See you next week. Bye-bye.